well-trained salesman did his very best to sell shoes, but he was unsuccessful. No matter how hard he tried, he went back to the factory and complained to the supervisor, there's got to be something wrong with these shoes. There's no way these sales numbers were his fault. As they were talking, an older gentleman walked in. The supervisor introduced the gentleman to the salesman as the company's highly respected owner. And the supervisor shocked the salesman out of his shoes when he shared the complaints with the owner and asked for his help to solve the problem the salesman was having selling the company's shoes. The owner was a little taken aback. He remarked he never had any trouble selling these shoes, and he continued to elaborate how excellent these shoes were. He was confident their quality was perfect. In fact, he made the first pair of shoes. He knew firsthand the quality of the value of the leather chosen for these brand of shoes, boots, sandals. He knew the highest quality of thread and adhesives were used to hold them together. The premium quality guaranteed they last a long time, provide many years of comfort and protection for your feet. Sounds like a sales ad. The young salesman was amazed at the story behind the shoes and the quality care that was put into making them. So with this information in his mind, he went back to work with a new admiration for the products he sold. And for many years, he was the company's number one salesperson. He earned multiple awards and bonuses. Because he knew the value of his product, that was a game changer for the salesman. He used to look with disdain at the pair of shoes he wore from the factory where he worked. But now, he walked a little more proud to wear their shoes and to sell them. Anyone who meets the Creator and experiences this life-changing gospel will be the most effective in representing Jesus Christ in this world and His gospel. To best share the gospel with others, we must first experience it for ourselves. So let's take a look at the one who gave us the gospel, and let's take a look at the gospel he gave right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry. I'm your host on this God's Word for Life companion podcast. Our episode today stems from the lesson dated April 9th, 2023, entitled Witnesses of the Resurrection. We are in the very closing days of Passion Week, and I want to share with you this episode from Luke 24, verses 46 through 48. And said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, Jesus' name, among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Mary Magdalene carried some of the spices required for Jesus' burial. When her friends finally arrived, she could hardly hold herself back. She was walking so fast, her friend Joanna tried to slow her down. Mary, Mary, what's your hurry? He's not going anywhere. Mary couldn't put her finger on why she was running, but an urgency rose in her heart. As they got closer to Jesus' tomb, they were astonished to find the large stone that covered the opening had already been removed. To her surprise, Jesus' body was missing. The group of women just stood there shocked. The tomb was really empty. Suddenly, two men appeared in shining white apparel. That's something you don't see every day. Fear gripped their hearts, and they immediately dropped to their knees with their faces toward the ground. These men, clearly not from around here, immediately asked the question, Why seek ye the living among the dead? 
He's not here. He's risen. As the angel spoke, the women were astonished. Hope rose in their hearts. They ran to excitedly tell the disciples what they had seen and heard. It's not clear why the disciples didn't believe the women at first. Peter and John later bolted from the group and ran to find everything just as they had reported. John stooped down and peered inside, but Peter ran right past him and into the empty tomb. Jesus promised he would be with us always. He would never leave us, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Yet we trudge along, groaning about how hard it is to get through life alone. And yet, we're not alone. Just as Jesus promised he would rise on the third day, he also promised us new life through the Holy Spirit. You can find that in John 14, verses 16 through 17. Jesus promised power through his name when we receive the Holy Spirit, according to Luke 24, verse 49. As Christians, let's be very, very honest. We live far below our privilege when we forget God's promises. These promises are sure. We can count on them. They are in him, yes, and they are in him. Amen. When Jesus prophesied he would rise from the grave on the third day after he had died, the disciples should have expected it to happen. Unfortunately, they didn't. And because of their lack of faith, they almost missed one of the most important parts of Jesus' plan. Jesus planned to be alive and working among us after he died and rose again. The fact Jesus is alive is central to this glorious gospel, this plan of salvation God has given us. Bringing us to our first question, how did you feel immediately following your experience of receiving the Holy Spirit? And how does that change as we continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus? Our good friend Cleopas and his good friend were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, deeply engaged in conversation about Jesus. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a stranger joined them on the walk. Now, we know it was Jesus, but they didn't. Scripture says they saw him, but they didn't recognize him as Jesus. Jesus asked, why the long faces, gentlemen? And they told him, oh, it's because of all the things that have happened at Jerusalem. And Jesus, I love it, he asked them the question, what things? They were astonished. Somebody in that area had not yet heard about Jesus and the crucifixion. Finally, Jesus responded to their doubt-filled discussion. He explained that everything that happened was documented in these ancient inspired writings, which we know as Scripture. He expounded on the prophet's words, but this duet of downcast disciples still did not recognize Jesus. He went with them to eat in the village, and as he broke bread, their eyes were opened. What a surprise to realize this man who walked with us is the one who just walked out of the tomb. And then he vanished. Okay, how, how would you have felt if you were one of those two disciples? How would you have felt if you had walked with Jesus for a while and then all of a sudden realized, wait a minute, that was Jesus and we didn't know it. He really is alive. Wow, what, a, what an amazing experience. What a beautiful moment when Cleopas and his companion realized they had been talking with the resurrected Christ, the one who went into the grave and walked back out under his own power. They rushed back to Jerusalem to find the other disciples. Because knowing the validity of truth inspires us to share it readily and openly with others. According to Acts chapter 1, verse 3, the time span between Jesus' resurrection and his ascension was 40 days. During this time, Numerous passages of Scripture testify Jesus appeared to many people. He ate with them. He walked with them. He talked with them. 
People had multiple opportunities to discover Jesus really was resurrected. He really was alive. It'd be so easy to allow disappointment, to allow dismay to become our focus when we're going through tough times. As we see in this scripture, many followers of Jesus only focused on his crucifixion. But we must be careful to turn our attention to the one who will never leave us or forsake us, especially during those harsh trials that try to crush our faith. We must look beyond our present circumstance and hold on to the promise Jesus is right here with us. Allow his presence to be our focus. Here's another question. Have you ever experienced disappointment so severe you could not think straight? And would you be willing to share how God helped you survive that experience? If so, I'd like to hear from you on Facebook or Instagram. That's our question of the week. If you've experienced disappointment so severe you could not think straight, would you share that with us? And let us know how God brought you through it. As these two men who walked to Emmaus ate with the disciples, Jesus appeared in their presence again. And I can see Cleopas and his companion go, oh, there he is, there he is. That's the one who walked with us. And our hearts burned within us when he explained the scriptures. Jesus spoke to them and said, peace, peace be unto you. And when he appeared, they were still terrified. Even though he said peace, they still were filled with fear. They thought he was a ghost. Jesus assured them he was no ghost. He had flesh and bones and he allowed them to see his hands and his feet. But they were still having some trouble realizing the impact of that signal moment. Then Jesus asked for something to eat, and he ate with them, and he expounded the scriptures. Jesus ate with them, then he fed them. What a revelation to hear Jesus teach once again. And he used that moment to confirm who he was and that his work would continue. These disciples would carry on his mission after he had ascended. He was indeed the Messiah, but not in the way they originally thought. Jesus' kingdom was going to be heavenly, not earthly. He spent his time teaching his followers and reminding them that the promise of the Father would live on. And in Luke 24, verses 47 to 49, a portion of which we read earlier, Jesus commissioned his disciples to preach repentance and remission of sins in his name. As Jesus' eyewitnesses, they would bear the responsibility of sharing the good news, which we call the gospel. Jesus instructed them to wait in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father endued them with power from on high. This was a prophecy of the promise of the Holy Spirit, which came to those waiting in an upper room on the day of Pentecost, according to Acts chapter 2, bringing us to our fourth question, our penultimate question. Since Jesus commanded his disciples to preach repentance and remission of sins, how important is it for us to share the gospel with others? As 21st century disciples of Jesus, we are generations removed from the people who witness his resurrection in real time. But as we read, as we hear, as we believe the account of the resurrection, we have firsthand experience because we feel and we know God lives in our hearts. He is alive. We experience daily the reality of the resurrection. We must have faith. We must believe Jesus lived. He died. He rose the third day. The disciples fulfilled Jesus' commandments. On the day of Pentecost, they instructed those who gathered on how they could experience the beautiful promise Jesus spoke through the gospel. Acts 2, verses 38 through 39 read, Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. 
Jesus was the most obvious witness of the resurrection to his followers. They might have questioned what they saw, but they could not deny that he talked with them, he ate with them. He allowed them to feel his nail-pierced hands and feet. Just as Jesus took the time to walk among humanity for 40 days before returning to glory, we can witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ all around us today and every day. Believing is the first part of the journey. Our faith calls us to act on our belief. When we believe Jesus lived, he died, he rose again, we agree that he did what he promised to do. Although we were not there 2,000 years ago, and if you were, you look remarkably good for your age, and I can't even see you. We can witness the resurrection by experiencing everything Jesus has for us. God plans for us to be resurrected from death to life. He made the way for us to be saved from sin, delivered from death, raised up to new life. And it's all through the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's an illustration of our salvation. Romans 6 verse 4 reads, Therefore we are buried with him, Jesus, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Secondly, we identify with Jesus through his death, his burial, his resurrection. Death is dying out to sin, and we die out to sin through repentance when we turn from our sin. Repentance calls us to walk away from the things that separate us from Jesus Christ. When we repent, we ask God to forgive our sins so we can walk closely with him, and he is forever faithful to forgive us when we repent. We identify with Jesus' burial. We take on his name when we are baptized in Jesus' name. Just as Jesus was buried in a tomb, we are buried in a watery grave of baptism, which is one reason baptism was always practiced in the New Testament by immersion under the water and thankfully back out of the water. According to Romans 6 verse 4, which we read, we identify with Jesus' death when we are buried in baptism and we experience the power of his resurrection through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Peter spoke of the resurrection when he preached on the day of Pentecost, just a few days after Jesus ascended into heaven. Jesus' hope-filled, inspired words were still fresh in Peter's mind, and he stood up and declared that people who are hungry for the promise of the Father need to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and experience resurrection through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is crucial, it is critical that we experience the full process of this resurrection and share our experience with those who have not yet heard. We're experiencing the power of the gospel when we identify with Jesus through his death, his burial, his resurrection. Jesus told those who witnessed his resurrection to preach about it, proclaim it, tell it, share it, testify if they had social media, post about it. Proclaim this glorious experience to all nations, beginning right where you are, start where you are, start in Jerusalem. Well, today, we mirror the mission by preaching salvation through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. That's the gospel. It is still applicable, still relevant, still as powerful today as it was when Peter first preached it in Jerusalem. And it is critical to Jesus' mission that we follow his blueprint for salvation through the gospel and our right response to the gospel. Which brings us to our last question. How about you? Have you received the Holy Spirit, and how will you share that experience with other people? And with that, we wrap this up. In the late 1940s, Brownie Wise first saw Tupperware. Some of you may remember Tupperware. 
It was this new polyethylene product for food storage. It was sold with limited success in department stores. But Wise was a successful branch manager for a well-known home party company. And with her zeal and philosophy of sales and pretty cool name, Brownie, she convinced several other managers that Tupperware should be sold at home parties, not in the store. Users needed to learn how to burp, her word, not mine, the airtight seal correctly. So she switched over to this new product, recruited dealers and managers, and thrived by selling Tupperware in homes. She started the company she called, wait for it, Tupperware. It was actually called Tupperware Patio Parties, and she sold far more Tupperware than she did in stores. Her success caught the attention of the chemist Earl Tupper, who created that lightweight, non-breakable plastic containers in 1946. Tupper saw an opportunity to make home parties successful, and he asked Wise to become the vice president of this company. Earl Tupper took Tupperware out of the hardware and department stores to sell it exclusively through this home party plan. It's much easier to sell something you believe in. A young believer who loved God but was extremely shy struggled sharing Jesus with others because she was so afraid to talk. But in time, she had the opportunity to use and sell Tupperware. That experience changed her life as she excitedly shared her enthusiasm for this new product. And one day after a party, as she was driving home, the Lord spoke to her. If you can sell Tupperware, you can share the gospel. She truly believed the gospel was a lifeboat to those drowning in the sea of sin. This otherwise shy young woman found the boldness to begin sharing Jesus Christ with her friends and co-workers. If we've experienced the saving power of Jesus, we can share it with others. We don't have to be theologians or scholars to share our testimony. Experiencing the death, the burial, the resurrection through the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is enough to begin sharing our story. So let's share it. Let's proclaim it. Let's tell it. Let's testify. Let's text about it. Let's sing about it. Let's write a song and sing about it. Let's post about it. We have witnessed firsthand what the gospel can do for us and for others. So let's fulfill the mission Jesus gave us because we, just like the disciples, are witnesses of the resurrection. Let's pray. Let's ask God to give us faith to believe the gospel. If you have never believed this glorious gospel that Jesus died, he was buried, he rose from the grave, I want to ask for God to give you the faith to believe it and to apply it to your life through repentance, baptism, in the name of Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit. But let's also pray for God to give us courage to share this glorious gospel. Lord God, I thank you for everything this gospel represents, everything it means. I thank you for the beautiful story of salvation it tells. I ask you to give us faith to believe it. Although we were not there nearly 2,000 years ago, certainly you were, and you inspired holy men of old to write as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I pray today, God, help us to believe the gospel. Thank you. The tomb is empty. Help us to believe you, you came, you died, you were buried, you rose from the grave, and help us to experience that gospel. Help us also to share it. Give us people who are hungry, who want to know you, who are searching for you. I pray for revival in countries and religions who are hungry to know you, that they too would experience the gospel like we have experienced it and use us to share it with them. I ask you today for this and thank you for it in the lovely, precious, powerful, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, God's Word for Life listeners. I trust this episode has been a blessing to you. The gospel blesses everyone who hears it. So please share this episode, share the gospel. Also subscribe, like, follow. Keep 
listening and walking and learning and growing as we continue walking through God's Word for life. Also, head over to PentecostalPublishing.com if you're looking for some great resources to help you in your devotional life or to help somebody else. PentecostalPublishing.com has all of them. And if you use promo code GWFL10, you can receive 10% off your entire order. So use promo code GWFL10, the number 10. You can receive 10% off your entire order if you've not used the promo code before. So thankful you're part of this God's Word for Life. If you're not part of an apostolic church that preaches and believes this gospel and the right response to it, head over to upci.org, and you can find a church in your area, your zip code, your general area, that can help you to grow in your faith and experience this glorious gospel for yourself. Next week, we jump back into our series, The Portraits of Salvation. We took this little break for the resurrection. But we turn right back to Portraits of Salvation, and appropriately, we're still talking about the gospel, but we're going to go back to Exodus 12, to where it was all foreshadowed. The next episode is entitled, Covered by the Blood. It's all about Passover, and what does it mean for them, what does it mean for us? And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for Life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.